Welcome, welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. And since it's Wednesday, yes, you know it. It is that time of the week with the one and the only Cruzy McCalligan for our midweek audio column. Cruz, good to speak to you. How are you today? I'm doing well today. It's looking beautiful outside today, isn't it? Oh, sorry. It's salt in the wound. You can't see outside. <laughs> Just on behalf of those no, no, of us, you t- can. Yes, yeah. yes. Tell us what it's like outside. Is it nice it's and sunny? It's lovely. Yes, it's oh. nice and sunny. A big departure from the, the rains that we've had. The terrible, terrible rains. Oh, yeah. Hong Kong really took a bit of a beating in terms of weather in the past few weeks. I oh. think it did. But I'm also like, and I and I am devastated by the damage, by people who have uh, sustained damage to their properties, their homes, um, who were in d- difficult situations because of it. But honestly, Noreen, I am absolutely in awe of the resilience of Hong Kong people. People just get up and get on with it and start clearing up the city. And you know what I mean? It's actually quite amazing what people can do and everyday people as well, not people contracted to to do these roles, you know? I mean, it's incredible. I'm, I'm just, I'm honestly so thankful to so many people for trying to set our city back after its massive dishwasher situation yeah, exactly hats yeah. off to all the street cleaners and you know all, all the other all service workers yeah they Absolutely. are amazing proper heroes exactly. proper heroes yeah, yeah. So, not what we're talking about today. <laughs> maybe a topic for another day definitely um but let's talk about well, what what have you got for our listeners today we're going to talk about the Mandela effect. Oh, very good. You mentioned it last time and I read up about it and then I was like oh it's so interesting and then lo and behold you you're doing it this week I am. So I think you, uh, for those uh, loyal listeners um, <laughs> who maybe listened to my uh, program, uh, audio column on balconies recently, um, we were talking about how the staging of Romeo and Juliet, the Shakespeare play, often has Juliet on a balcony and Romeo serenading her, talking to her up on a balcony. But actually that at no point in any of the writing from Shakespeare does he ever mention a balcony, ever. He doesn't ever talk about a balcony. No, and right. yet we think he does. Yes, and yet we think he does. And that is, and I remember mentioning at the time, that is an example of the Mandela effect. So I wanted to talk about this a little bit more because as you went away and looked it up more after I spoke about it, I also did. And it's super interesting. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's so like, fascinating. Yes. So let's get back to basics. What is the Mandela effect? Now, the Mandela effect refers to a situation in which a large number of people believe a mass of people, not just like 20 people, like a lot of people, believe that an event occurred when it did not, okay? And the term was originated quite late in history, in 2009, by Fiona Broom, when she discovered that herself, along with quite a large number of other people, believed that Nelson Mandela had died in the 1980s, when actually he died in 2013. Yeah, do people think he died in jail or something? I, I, I think people have this this idea that, you know, apparently she So what happened was she was at a conference talking to other people about how she remembered the tragedy of former South African president Nelson Mandela's death in a South African prison in the 1980s. Yes. Right. So she had this recollection of him dying in prison in the 1980s. However, he didn't die in the 1980s in a prison. He died in 2013. But as she began to talk to other people about this memory, she learned that she wasn't alone. Other people remembered very clearly news coverage of his death, a speech from his widow about his death in the 1980s. And she was just shocked that such a large number of people could remember the same identical event in such detail when it never happened. 
And so she went on to discuss this idea of the Mandela effect and explore other incidents like it. So let's look into some other incidents like it. And I have to say, what I find really pertinent about this and timely about this particular topic, Noreen, is that with the, you know, we've got AI, we've, we're able to, we've got deep fakes, we've got all this stuff going on right now. I wonder if something like the Mandela effect is going to become more and more relevant to our world. We have access to more information anymore than ever before, but we also have access to more fake information than ever, than ever before. Do you know what I mean? A lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of misinformation, a lot of misremembered information as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And the ability to create false information that we can use AI to create an image of something that didn't happen. You know what I mean? That somebody didn't say something or didn't do something. And voices as well. It's incredible how you can take samples. Well, I guess, I guess we're really in trouble because our voice is all over and some people can just import our voice into an AI and get us to say things that we haven't said. Yes, it's very true. I wish I was important enough for that to make an impact. But but yes, it's really true. So let's talk about some different examples of the Mandela effect. And interestingly, as we go through, quite a few are um, quite a few are kind of pop culture or literary examples, which is interesting because I think that's, yeah, anyway. First up, um, a lot of people have a memory of Henry VIII. Do you remember what Henry VIII was particularly famous for? I think chopping off his wife's heads. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Um, so Henry that did VIII, happen, right? Or yes, is it that, did. It okay. did. Yeah, so a lot of people have a memory of a painting of Henry VIII eating a turkey leg, right? Holding a big turkey leg. And he was he was notable for being a very, very large fat man, right? That's the memory. A lot of the portraits we have of Henry VIII from the period, he's a big, 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 big guy. So they have a picture of him. There's a painting of him with a turkey leg. But actually, this never ever existed. So a lot of people have talked about this image of him holding a turkey leg. And even if I think about it in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen that painting, but it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. There was no picture of him holding it, eating a turkey leg. Um, the next one, which is a very um, noteworthy one, is if you ever saw Star Wars Episode 5, the V is 5, right? Yes, I think so. The Empire Strikes Back. You probably remember Darth Vader uttering the famous line, Luke, I am your father, right? Ooh, oh, right. you know, uh, this, no, well, I'm not a you would star have heard it through yeah. Ooh, pop culture, sure. Luke, I am your father. Um, well, actually, a lot of people might be surprised to learn the line was actually, no, I am your, no, I am your father. Not Luke, I am your father. No, I am your father is actually the, 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 line. the correct saying, the line. The correct line. But like in pop culture, people always say, Luke, I am your father. It's not true. That was never said in the film. This is interesting, too. Uh, if you ever watched uh, the film of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, you probably remember the line, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Right? Oh, yeah. Ringing any bells? Yeah. I, th- I think that's what they say in the storybooks, definitely. I'm, I'm not sure about the film. Yes. Well, that's what I always believed it was. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? But apparently it's not correct. The phrase is actually magic mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Is that for the film or for the books? Both. Oh, it's just that's just what it is. It's magic mirror on the wall, not mirror mirror, magic oh. mirror. I yeah, I thought it was mirror mirror. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Yeah. Um so it's very interesting. Also this one doesn't seem as relevant to us now and maybe because I'm 
like, you know, my father's from New Zealand, but apparently there's a Mandela effect related to the location of New Zealand. Um, a lot of the time, if you look at a map, you will see that it's, um, it's re- New Zealand in relation to Australia is its southeast of, the, of Australia. But there's a very large community of people who claim to remember it being northeast instead of southeast. Now, maybe that's not as true now because we have access to maps and stuff like that. But a lot of people, there is a large number of people that with a study done who are like, no, no, I've seen a map. It's up by the northeast corner of mm. Australia. Yeah. Oh. Very, like, with a straight face as well. Um, <laughs> totally straight face. Uh, yeah, so that's quite interesting as well. Um, uh, Mickey Mouse, right, probably the most famous cartoon character in the world, um, is also often misremembered. A lot of people report Mickey. Do you remember, what, what does Mickey wear, Noreen? If you conjure him to your mind, what is he wearing? So I actually read this one. So I, I feel oh, like, I, yeah. So no, no, I, I, so I actually remembered this one from, from, from when I read it last week after you mentioned it. Um, and so people remember him as wearing suspenders, but he actually mm, doesn't. That's so, right. So I don't know. I, it kind of... I don't know, does it correlate to my memory? Does he wear suspenders? No, I don't think he does, no. But I don't know if that's because I read it already before. I'm not sure. Yeah, okay, well, there we go. But it's again, I could think about it, but like, yeah, probably, probably wearing suspenders. If he wasn't, he's not really wearing much. But I'll tell you what: if I saw two pictures of Pikachu, who's also a very famous cartoon character, Pikachu has a tail, and there are two pictures side by side of it, and in one tail is completely yellow, and the other tail it has the brown zigzag on it, and I could, I could really think that that. It should be the one with the zigzag. But I was really gobsmacked when I realized, actually, he doesn't have a brown zigzag on his tail. It's actually plain yellow on on, on Pikachu. So that was, right? that was very so many weird. Things like this. Yeah. I found an, an interesting example, which for me is interesting because I think I'm a very imaginative person. I'm a very visual person and I love words. And the color, chartreuse. Have you heard of this color before? Chartreuse. No. Okay. So if I said chartreuse to you, a lot of people would think, including myself, that chartreuse is a kind of magentary pinky color, like a dark magentary pinky. That's what I think it is. But actually, um, and a lot of people would agree with me, a lot of people, if I said, oh, there was a chartreuse lounge set, they would think of this kind of dark pink color. But actually, it's a shade of green. And I had no idea. <laughs> I, well, I had no idea of, of what it was anyway. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. So I find that an interesting one. I'm going to test my parents on that later, actually, if they're not already <laughs> listening and therefore cheating. Um, <laughs> now, um, have you seen, uh, well, even if you haven't seen the movie, you know the character that Tom Cruise plays in Risky Business. Yeah, I'm not, right? I'm, no, 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 I don't. Well, like, have you ever seen that iconic, like, there's an iconic dance scene of him in a shirt and socks and that's and just underpants doing a bit of a dance, right? Have you ever seen this? Mm-hmm. And people often dance like this, um, dance like this, dress up in the same thing to go to like Halloween parties and stuff because it's quite a distinct look. Maybe, like yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of the time when people do this, they also wear these like trademark black sunglasses. Um, and he never wore sunglasses in the film for this particular scene. <laughs> I find that quite funny that people, they think there's like these elements of this particular outfit of this particular character, socks, underpants, long shirt and sunglasses. And the sunglasses weren't even in the film. That's hilarious. Maybe because he wears it for Top Gun or something and the people just sort of put maybe, the two... Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Transposed it. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, now, I am too much of a a suck to ever watch any kind of horror scary movies. I don't like them. I don't 
feel the need to watch them. I've never watched Silence of the Lambs, but through pop culture, I've definitely been familiar with what, can you name a line from that film? Clarice. Um, it's my yes. it's one of my favorite films. Love Silence yeah. of the Lambs. Really? <laughs> really? Goodness me. Well, yeah, so there's that thing, um, that idea of like, hello, Clarice, right? Which is terrifying to think about. Like, that's a very powerful line. Hello, Clarice, right? Um, he never said that in the film. That's so He said, weird. good morning. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Oh, yeah, Clarice. I just remember Clarice. Yes, yes, everyone thinks he has this thing of saying, hello, Clarice, but he never said that in the film. He says, oh. good morning. Oh. Yeah. Good yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you might remember as well, again, there's a lot of these are like pop culture Well, Clarice, kind of, I think he says. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you Clarice. go. Maybe he says that. Well, Clarice. <laughs> um, in Sa- like, I wasn't, I was three years old at the time when Sally Field won an Oscar for a film called Places in the Heart in 1985. And she never said, um, now the line that we would have heard, and you may have heard through pop culture again, even though, you know, we were too young to remember the event, would be, you like me. You really like me. Right. Have you ever heard that line? Like it was like the you like me speech. No. Yeah. It's like it's you like me. You really like me. This is apparently what she said when she got her Oscar. And it's been like kind of uh, caricatured for years and decades since. And, you know, like it's like this thing. You like me. You really like me. But she never said that. And what she really said was, I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me, right, <laughs> when she won her Oscar. But that's not what people remember. People have sort of said it as a spoof, like a, a thing. You like me. You really like me for years. And it was never what she said. Oh, terrible yeah. that people misquoted her. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Now, I am not a massive Star Wars person. I'm definitely a Star Trek person. And um, another line that has always been gotten wrong was, um, beam me up, Scotty. Right, which we've all heard. Beam me up, Scotty. Not true. He never said that. The closest he ever got to saying that sentence was, Scotty, beam us up. He never said, beam me up, Scotty, ever. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, as in, Cap- um, as in Captain Kirk in Star Trek. So I find that really interesting. Now, let's look at why it happens. A likely explanation for the Mandela effect involves false memory. So, um, so if we consider a simple neuroscience explanation, it's when an encoded in an area of the brain where memories are for certain specific things. Now, that memory, tra- the memory traces are called an engram, and the framework in which similar memories are associated with each other is called the schema. So, for example, if we're remembering a certain thing, like you just said with Tom Cruise and the risky business thing, we have in our brain a schema for Tom Cruise, which might include the Top Gun movie and the movie Risky Business. Mm. So what happens is when we try to recall a memory of that, the neurons in close connection to each other bring a couple of other memories from another part of that schema that are not related to the thing you're trying to think about. So your memory recall grabs the image of the sunglasses from Top Gun and throws them into your memory of what risky business was, which I find so fascinating. And just put the two and two together, sort of overlap yes. those those images. Yes, yes. So this is what. So this means that when memories are recalled, rather than being remembered perfectly, they're influenced to a point where they can actually become incorrect. And this is where the memory is unreliable. Now, the ne- another reason is confabulation. So this is when our brain fills in gaps that are missing in our memories to make more sense of them, right? And like apparently, this isn't lying, but rather remembering details that never happened. So like confabulation tends to increase with age as well. So that might be a reason that we think of that as being some way because it makes sense. It makes sense that that probably happened, right? Our brain is trying to fill in the 
the events. Now, misleading post-event information can help this, it can affect this too. So information you learn after an event can change your memory of an event. And this is often why eyewitness testimony can be very unreliable. So I find this really fascinating because so many things can influence your memory recall. So if you hear any other detail, your memory of the event is going to be influenced. And I felt this in lots of points in my own life, too, when recording quite, recalling quite traumatic situations or complex situations. It's never quite the same. You know what I mean? The way I recall it now would be very different to five years ago, for example. But one of the most interesting things about um, the idea of the Mandela effect is that people think that maybe this is um, because of quantum physics and that there are alternative, um, alternate realities <laughs> to go to the total different spectrum. In <laughs> like this a theory. parallel universe. Yes, yes. Oh. Literally, that's what a lot of people believe. Um, a lot of people think that people have the same memories because the timeline's been altered and they shift between different realities. This sounds totally unrealistic. A lot of us would think that. But unfortunately, the idea of alternate realities is unfalsifiable, which means there's no way to disprove that other universes don't exist truly. So even though it seems totally far-fetched, um, that's quite in interesting. Um, yeah, that it's just... It's just, um, yeah, it's just that we can't say no. We can't say that's not the reason. There's no way to disprove it right now. So hey, there you go. Um, but yeah, so that I find that really interesting. So even though the notion of alternate realities might appeal because it's got an air of mystery, many examples like of the Mandela effect are pretty much due to some kind of collective misremembering. And incorrectly recalling information is, in fact, very, very common. One study found that 76% of people made some sort of mistake when asked to recall information. And we know this in our own lives. We definitely know it in our own marriages every day I'm telling my husband it's not and that's not how it happened that's not what happened that wasn't the day that happened every day so um so yeah but of course the internet's going to have a lot of effects on this I think in the future and um you know it's a hotly debated thing the Mandela effect and despite reasonable evidence the fallibility of human memory the idea of parallel universes we don't know everything um but for now I found it quite interesting and so thank you for letting me talk about it I'm so glad you I'm so glad you picked this topic Karuzi because it is so fascinating there's so many examples of the Mandela effect where people misremember things. Um, and so it's definitely a topic uh, that we can revisit another time with more examples. Thank you so much for your time today, Cruzy McCalligan. Thank you.